Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And we have hit the month of April, where we actually celebrate all month long women in the field, whether they're in ufology, the paranormal, or any high strangeness field whatsoever. It's the celebration of women this month. And to kick that off, we have special guest Hollywood, who is very involved in the UFO community. A lot of people know her from Twitter, but she's all over. She's also involved with Heist which is Human Initiated Contact Experience Expeditions. She's a student of consciousness. She's grown up around crop circles, and uh, it just goes from there. So we have a lot to go over in today's episode, and this is going to be a great one. So strap on them seatbelts. We're going for a ride. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 82 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peake, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And we're sitting down today to, to kick off April, which is we celebrate women in the field. And to do that, we have special guest Hollywood here to talk to us today. How are you doing, Holly? Hi, Jesse. I'm really well. Thank you. Yeah, really good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I couldn't think of anybody better to kick it off uh, celebrating women in the field. Um, you're, you're really involved um, and you're all over social media, always holding spaces, always getting involved and keeping other people involved as well. So it's, it's, I'm happy to have you today. Oh, thank you. No problem. Um, so I guess let's start um, how you kind of got involved into UFOs and contact and disclosure, everything, you know, how, where did it click for you? So I had, um, uh, my entry into this world pretty much kind of started from childhood, really. Um, my mum was a very well-known and celebrated kind of mystic, psychic, um, wise woman uh, type person. So from an early age, I was really exposed to um, a lot of the esoteric, the occult, um, she practiced um, her own brand of sort of Wicca paganism smushed together. So as a child, you know, we spent summer holidays finding crop circles or weekends, traipsing around Britain's ancient stone circles. And I was just really exposed to a lot of different types of people within the esoteric world from very young. So for me there was there was always an aspect of the kind of phenomenon around me um i during one of those summer holiday or vacation expeditions we went down to um a place called wiltshire which in the uk it's very well known as the home of stonehenge um the salisbury plain avebury stone circle you have glastonbury tour which is is a very magical and mystical place and there's a lot of electromagnetic sort of energy with ley lines. And we spent a, um, a summer down there. And my mum, with her magically witchy, occulty friends, went and did a ritual on the ancient chalk horse, which is um, on the side of a hill, um, an, an ancient horse that has been carved into the side of the, the hill um, into the ancient sort of chalk stone. And we were up there one cold pretending to be warm summer British day <laughs> and um, 
they were they were doing their magical rites or rituals and I with several other children who again parents were into this stuff so it wasn't odd or weird or or bizarre we all experienced a glowing orange orb in the eye of the horse and so for us it was just because our parents were doing magic and you know it wasn't unusual and we all encountered this orb circulating in this eye um at the time you know I, I didn't have any knowledge of of them or ETs or UFOs or the phenomenon really I just thought it was some magic that my mum had done so you know fast forward into my life my early teens I'd seen these orbs at real uh growth points in my life and I didn't think it was odd I just thought it was because we were a magical family and magical things happened and it is what it is and as a teen when I moved into the high school system um and I think we were like the first people on our street to get the internet um and I remember stumbling across Roswell Area 51 <laughs> getting into some like dodgy chat rooms I think in all of a sudden I, I'd, I'd started to read about orbs and I was like oh well I've been seeing these all my life oh so my my interest really became more of an obsession, passion, smosh um, as a teen. And I devoured every book I could, you know, the limited movies you could see and, you know, the limited communities online at that time, you know, in the early 90s that I was discovering. And the passion and just grew and my encounters with these orbs continued. Fast forward to more recently. Um, a couple of years ago, again, in my research and constant need for information, I stumbled across Dr. Stephen Greer's stuff with the CE5. Um, and adjacent to that, we were always big uh, as a family. We were always really into meditation. You know, I've spent time with various mystery school type people. Meditation was a big part of our life consciousness. So to kind of find a person that mixed consciousness and meditation with them UFOs ETs whatever and put them together it really spoke to me so I got heavily involved very quickly with the CE5 slash HICE human initiated contact um, events or experiences community in the UK um, during our lockdown and it was at that point that I think my entry into the community that you and I are aware of that's where it began. And I, I I started leading group expeditions to conduct heist or C5 type um, fieldwork sessions across the northwest of England and became a bit of a facilitator of contact uh, contact experiences. And, and that's kind of where we are today. OK, so so for people that don't know, what's the difference between CE5 and heist? Is there a difference? Um, <clears throat> I can be controversial here. I personally, um, th th there is some nuances to it. I think C5 is certainly very um, a Stephen Greer, Dr. Stephen Greer right. aspect. Um, Heist, for me, um, I discovered that through Dr. Joseph Burke, a wonderful, wonderful human being, and I encourage anyone to check out his work. Um, Dr. Joe was part of Greer's original team back in the day. 
um, and he coined the phrase heist. And heist to me is, is it's a bit more all encompassing in a sense than C five. So heist to me just has um, just a little differences, subtle differences, but less so. Dr. Stephen Greer's brand of contact modality. I, I'm I'm more um, into the kind of heist experience because it it it's all encompassing. There's there's different elements to it. You know they've worked. Heist can be considered what the Rama do. Um, you know the Aborigines were doing. You know contact modality. So it's just a more of a broader stroke than kind of what CE five is. Okay. Okay. Um, have you guys? Uh, you know. Have you seen anything uh, that, that kind of was mind blowing or, or, or that you've never seen before doing these heists? Um, yes. Um, the first expedition I pulled together um, for people here in, in the UK, there was about 26 of us, complete strangers. Um, we we'd connected a lot through Zoom because it was during lockdown here in the UK. So we couldn't you know, physically meet up during the pandemic. But then when we when the rules got lifted and we could get out, we, we chose a place that was known for some activity. And we slept up this hill um, on a cold summer eve, covered in 10,000 coats, hats and scarves and water bottles. <laughs> and we we conducted a, a C5 slash heist protocol, which is a meditation to, to kind of vector our location to them, whoever they may be. And yeah, within sort of 20 25 minutes of us finishing that meditation practice we'd spotted an unusual uap in the the sky around us that we couldn't um ascertain what it was we'd ruled out satellites aircraft you know we, we we'd done as much ruling out of what terrestrial thing it could be but then as the night uh drew colder and darker uh, my my good friend Natalie, who works with the UFO, identified here in the UK. She joined us, and we caught um, what can only be described as a ball of energy coming closer to us on film, and it actually morphed into what looks like a human face. Now, not everybody could see that with their naked eye. Um, one or two people could. It was mainly captured on, on film. And again, we tried to rule out, is it a trash bag in the trees? Is it someone playing with a torch? You know, we, we all went and looked in that immediate area and there was nothing to be found. So that happened, which was really quite um, uh, telling that whatever we had done through this protocol of meditation um, with the noises that you play for CE5, it, it did something. Um, more recently, um, an experience I'll, I'll never get over. We'd been contacted by a, a farmer who was having the most bizarre experiences on his land, both paranormal activity in his home, um, lights he couldn't understand what they were, um, big balls of energy swooping um, at, at cars. That were, there was one particular incident, and this is why we, we decided to go and conduct field work there. Um, a delivery driver was dropping off some Amazon parcels or, or something and had an encounter with um, orbs that came very close to his vehicle. And it really frightened him to the point where he couldn't drive his vehicle because he was so freaked about what had happened. So... We went up there, mob-handed. We we spent 
we were on the way there, funnily enough, as we're driving with some of my fellow uh, C5 heises, I looked out the left of the window as we were approaching this land, and it was very rural, and I seen what can only be described as a cube pewter grey that looked like it had a bubble. You know when children blow bubbles? Yeah. And it had iridescence. And I was like, can you guys see this? We haven't even got to the location. Oh, my goodness. And there was four other people in the car. They all saw it too. And then as we drove onto the farmer's land, the rest of our team came running at the car. And we're like, oh my goodness, we've captured this. We've just seen this. And we've just seen the same thing, but from a completely different direction. Wow, so that wow. to us was, we hadn't even began any C5 protocol or meditation practice. This this odd craft with a bubble around it uh, lingered in the air around us and then zoomed off. And we do actually have some footage um, it doesn't look like what we've seen with our own eyes, which is all too common, as you well know. <laughs> yes. Um, so that was that was just incredible to me because I had a skeptic in the car with me who who, you know, very much was stigmatizing those of us who are experiencers and believers. And no, no, you've all gone crazy. <laughs> I've been there it's, myself. <laughs> yeah. And they they saw with their own eyes. Um, and I, I cannot lie that there was a level of smugness because I was like, see, I have not gone bonkers. This is really happening here. So, yeah, having a skeptic see that was, um, was, was, was great. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. I, had, I dealt with the same thing, actually, with my father. Um, and we actually had a sighting together that he saw before I even seen it. Um, so I, I, I completely get that. And now he goes to all the conferences with me. He's there doing investigations, helping me out. You know, he's into the soul subject now. Um, so it's pretty cool when you get a skeptic and they, they start believing, you know, after that point, you see the transformation in a sense. Um, it's incredible. And, and I think that, you know, I, I talk about this a lot in some of the shows that I host and some of the spaces that I do, that, you know, people's worldview shifts when they have an experience and we have to, you know, as, as many times as we deal with some of the skeptics and some of the, the crap that, you know, gets thrown at us, when we can have an arms wide approach and, and encourage skeptics to join us on these on these type things and, and research and experience and they have an experience. I just think it's so wonderful that their worldview is able to align with perhaps ours and, you know, together we can is always my motto. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And I, I'm like, I'm very open minded. So, you know, it's nice to see other people that are open minded that are skeptical, like you're saying, like if they're doctors or scientists, you know, and then we can all kind of put our minds together and we all have different views. So sometimes it all works out in the end, like you're saying, you know, so it's pretty cool. Um, so I asked, I've been asked this question a lot. And, you know, I try to ask other people to get their opinions on this. Now, when you say you see these orbs and you're seeing these objects, do you think that they are living beings themselves or actual craft? I know it's a little woo, but I've been asked this I, over and over again. I am as woo as you can get. So okay. that's right <laughs> up the street. Um, you know what, Jesse? I um I had an experience. I, I had a really bad accident nearly a year ago. I, I broke my leg in numerous places and was 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 really not good. I was in a high dependent unit in a hospital for some time um, to to fix me. And during that hospital stay, I um 
we often talk about this in, in, in the heist community. I had this urge to want to look outside and I asked the nurse, can, you know, can you open the blinds? I was in a private room. It was nightfall. And all of a sudden there was orange orbs outside my, my window. And I'm like, they're here again. And to me, because they've appeared to me during tumultuous times in my life, high emotive times, um, key moments. For me, I think, and this is just my, you know, and my views grow and evolve. I feel they're a type of living intelligence, but not in, um, I don't believe that, you know, it's really hard to, to explain it for me, but I think they're a living intelligence of some description, but we just don't have the scientific or physics understanding of, of how that could be a living, conscious, uh, intelligent entity. Right. But I, 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 I garner that because of the way they appear in my life. It's like they, 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 I have a connection, and that is very woo, but they seem to show up at the high emotive times for me and to me to have that high level of emotional intelligence suggests something absolutely absolutely i mean that's what i, I guess we're trying to find out too if this if this whole phenomena is you know um intelligent um and we see that many times you know with the different formations of these objects flying in the sky and then there's been footage of of, of these orbs making crop circles right you know with the blink of an eye um, and we thought, you know, maybe we just can't see on that spectrum to see their physical form. And this is how we're able to see them as, as these bright orbs, you know, just a theory. I, sometimes I hypothesize myself because I'm really big into the consciousness side of things. Is this the cosmic intelligence putting itself in a way that, manifest that we can understand we can understand in our limited human primitiveness we can understand a bright light we can understand that because we we have light in our world light is a big part of everything ever <laughs> is it the is it the cosmic intelligence and i just use that phrase is it them whatever it may be morphing or manifesting in a way that we can understand it i don't know yeah, See, well, I get very woo. I can debate this today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it because that's like that's what we think that you know the the people that built the pyramids, the same type of thing. What they were drawn like they were seeing, um, mm -hmm. and they were shown the way they can understand it as balls of light or things like that. But they're really UAP as we call them today. So it's the same thing. Absolutely, but equally, um, you know, I've I've had very positive experience mostly, but I have had a, a very different experience um, that wasn't orbs. Um, and, and that's when I really started to question more, what is this phenomenon? You know, who are these? What are these? Because that experience was not world, it didn't have a shift in my worldview because my worldview's already, you know, down about 50,000 rabbit holes as it is. But when I had um, another type experience in which I actually did see beings, um, it was very startling, almost not scary, but it was 
pivotal moment in my life when I, I had that different experience. So I've seen various types of, of orbs. So I think there is not we're not just dealing with one thing here. I think no. we're dealing with a multiple level of different frequency based entities and or intelligences. Yeah, I think so too. I think we're it's it's a little bit of everything. Just like there's different kind of people in the world, there's different kind of ET beings, and I believe it's on all different spectrums. Whether you want to call it extraterrestrial, interdimensional, or whatever you have a uh, name for it, I believe it's a little bit of everything. And just with they used to segregate UFOs and paranormal and say they had nothing to do with each other, but I believe it's all intertwined in some type of way. Oh hell yeah! Like you, you can't have one without the other. And right. I really do struggle sometimes when people keep them so separately. It's not, it's all linked. Everything's linked. It's all, it's all energetical in, you know, I think it's kind of not foolish, but, you know, I think we really do have to kind of grasp that it is all interlinked. There's not one without the other. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, there's been cases where, where I'll have people say to me, Hey, I believe it is segregated and it's not, you know, not has nothing to do with each other. And, there's this one case that I, I went and it was a family in the woods and they were being chased by Bigfoot. And um, once they got chased to a certain position, a UFO appeared and the Bigfoots disappeared up into the craft. So I try yeah. to tell that, that that case to people and they're like, oh, my God, I never thought of it like that. You know, it's, you know, and I'm sure with what you do and, and some of the things I'm exposed to, nothing really surprises me anymore. I'm I'm so lucky that. You know, I deal with a lot of experiences here in the UK. Um, you know, I, I work with a lot of different types of people, from people who've had real serious abductions right through to people who are talking to orbs in the bottom of their garden. And it's, you know, nothing, there's no claim or story or event that is brought to me anymore that makes me go, oh, my goodness. It's all like, yeah, right. of course, it's connected. Of course. Right. So you you say you've actually dealt with people that are seeing stuff at their homes? Yeah, I think one of one of our challenges in, in this sort of experience world, and I, I and I, I'm gonna choose my words very diplomatically here. This subject can attract the the, the unusual, the bizarre, the the di many different types of people. And, you know, sometimes they, they can be people that that come to me and they, they have these, you know, outlandish claims of, of contact. And, you know, some of them can be extraordinary. And, and sometimes there can be, you know, experiences that, 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 you know, might not necessarily be how they're described. And I have to use a lot of discernment because, you know, I've had people contact me who sound like they're having a real rough time mentally and then they're experiencing things so I'm yes. always very careful when I'm, I'm working with people who who you know have experiences to really understand that you know are they are they are they their well-being okay and there was a particular lady last year and you know, I, I, I tried to ensure that she was in a mentally stable position and she had herself, you know, in, in a good spot because her 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 story was it, it was wow. And she'd been having um, she'd just given birth to a small child. And these orbs were 
were messing with them in that home. And, you know, she was frightened. She was so scared that they were coming for her child. And and it's those type things that really make me take a, a step back and think, gosh, we really don't know what these are and why they are targeting or linking to certain types of people. And yeah, I've, there's a lot of people I've encountered that I, I believe to be legitimate in their outputs that are having the most unusual but regular experience, especially with orbs. Yeah, that's incredible to hear stories like that. And it really, it really does stop you and make you look at it in a different sense when something's possibly attacking you and your child. I mean, that's that's something very scary, especially for a mother. Absolutely. And I, I've talked about this quite a lot. I, I did um, an article with the Daily Mail here in the UK um, about my, my journey and my experiences. And I was always of the ilk that this was non-threatening. There wasn't a, a threat from them, whoever they may be. And it was all, you know, contact, contact, lovely, lovely, lovely. But, you know, as we evolve, as we grow, as we learn, I've been exposed to other sides, the, the flip side of, of, of this phenomena. And, right. you know, I, 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 you know, I'm publicly fine to state it that my views have have changed more recently. You know, I, I've met people, you know, a really good friend of mine, an author, Michael, he's due to bring a book out about his experience through Fly, Flying Dispressed soon in the UK. And, you know, he had a really, really scary, terrible, life-changing abduction. And I I hadn't encountered things like that before until maybe the past two years. So my my, my view has changed that, you know, there is something out there. Do we know its intent? Do I believe in my experience? It's always been mostly positive, bar the experience I had with beings um, that surrounded me. But that wasn't scary, scary. It was more just unsettling because it was the unknown. Right. But I, I do think we have to use discernment. And I, I, I think that we we don't know true intent yet. But there's also the argument if they had, you know, the worst intent, they could have zapped us out a long time ago because we're dealing with highly advanced. Absolutely. Beings. Absolutely. But I do think we have to err uh, with with caution and a lot of people that probably know me from the heist community and C5 community will believe I'm doing a bit of a 360 on my view. Um, but, you know, anyone doing heist or C5, we, you shouldn't do it lightly. Right. You know, Jim Semivan said on, um, I think it was on um, Andy, that UFO podcast, I think it was on his show that, you know, we don't know what we're dealing with. And That's we have right. to, use, you know, we have to be cautious here. That's absolutely right. Um I want to go ahead and take our break. And when we come back, we can kind of go over some things that you do to help people that are having negative effects. If you, you know, any little tips that you might have, um, I think that would be great. So let's go ahead and take our break and we'll be right back to these commercial messages. UFO Encounters Worldwide would like to present K&P Expressive Events, which is an event planning company serving Philadelphia and the tri-state area. They host new, fun-themed events each month, so if you love music, art, anime, or even UFOs, keep checking for our events each month, and we hope to see you there soon. Check the UFO Encounters Worldwide website in the events section for new events monthly from K&P 
expressive events. For the first time this year on May 20th, 2023, we'll be holding the first annual Philadelphia UFO Exposure Con. We have seven amazing speakers, including Joe Foster, Robert Spearing, George Filer, Frank Chili, Eric Mantell, Bill Burns, and Tom Carey. We'll also be holding a Q&A at the end of the day. We'll have dinner buffet, a light lunch hors d'oeuvres, book signings, merchandise, and a cash bar. So come on out on May 20th, 2023 from 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can order your tickets in the description of the episode below. We hope to see you there. UFO Encounters Worldwide has an official website for the podcast. You can go to ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com to go check out our website. There's articles on the UFO phenomenon. You could follow my travels, see where I've been, and what conferences are coming up. That's again, ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. UFO Encounters Worldwide wants to hear from you. Have an experience or a sighting you want to share? Contact your host, Jesse Peak, at ufoencountersworldwide at gmail.com today. Looking for some new swag? UFO Encounters Worldwide now has an official swag store. You can go to storefrontier.com slash UFO Encounters Worldwide. It'll take you directly to our new swag store where you can get hoodies, sweatpants, t-shirts, and more. Also, we also sell brand new stickers and pins. Just DM me anytime and we'll get you all set up. Again, for the official swag store, that's storefrontier.com slash UFO Encounters Worldwide. UFO Encounters Worldwide would like to announce our brand new home at the UNX Network. Listen to us every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear UFO Encounters Worldwide podcast. That's on the UNX Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second half of episode 82 with our special guest, Hollywood. Um, I also want to let everybody know, please check out our sponsor, K&P Expressive Events. Um, if you're planning on having any kind of conference or parties or events, um, they make the entire process super easy, and they're all in the tri-state area, so Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and I'm sure they would go a little farther than that. Um, they're helping me with the May 20th Philadelphia UFO Exposure Con, and all I really had to do was book everything and make sure everything was going according to plan. They did the rest for me, so check them out, KMP Expressive Events. You can find the information in the description of the episode uh, below and uh, also for the conference. Um, so before the break, uh, we were kind of talking about experiences people were having and sometimes not always good ones. Um, and I wanted to know if you had any tips, Holly, about, you know, how to stop the negative 
um, experiences from happening or at least calm things down a little bit, if you know what I mean. This is a really interesting one because my, my work in my, my study of, of consciousness and the exploration of human consciousness always brings me back to a point of intent um, and I, you know, in my, my humble experience, and I don't know everything, but, you know, I believe, and this is just my belief, I believe that when there is an intent of, of good and of peace, um, you know, you get what you, you, what you put out comes back to you. But it would be foolish of me to suggest that just by having a positive mental attitude and, you know, believing in peace and all of that jazz is going to, to, you know, fully change a landscape. You know, I think intent is a great place to start. Certainly if you're doing meditation and you, you're using, you know, C5 protocols or you're, you're doing heist. Um, but I think anyone that is wanting to, go down a contact modality you know whether that be working with the rama you know they're from south america you know there's there's lots of different contact modalities it's not just limited to dr stephen greer's version there's many many types you know the monroe institute they have a program called Starlines, which is about contact it is a contact modality i think anyone who decides to start doing this must be aware that you are playing with unknown so if you're going to put yourself into that environment unknown could come back and uh, I, that's why I just start with caution and you know I don't think there's a magical you know wand I can wave and it would all be positive 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 that would just be completely foolish of me to say but I think intent plays a big part but really understanding what you're doing this is not for the faint-hearted it, it's not um, and, and, you know, one of the things that I kind of step a little bit away from now with Dr. Stephen Greer's, and, you know, I've spoke to him on this, you know, he, he very much C5 is for everybody. There is no threat narrative. You know, it's, it's there are brothers from the stars, yada, yada. But, you know, I, I'm too aware of things now that haven't gone as peachy. So anyone who's wanting and, you know, I encourage people to explore this but understand why you're doing it and, you know, understand the possibility that the phenomena itself, you know, we only have to look at the hitchhiker effect, you know, these, these beings or entities or craft or super intelligence, whatever we're calling them today, <laughs> you know, they're, they're way more advanced than us and we just have to use discernment and, and proceed with caution. Yeah, I completely agree. And I kind of like, uh, People usually say, like, when you open up a portal and the good things come through, not just good can come through, but also the the malevolent stuff can come through as well. Um, so you always got to make sure that you know what you're dealing with, just like you said. So very interesting. Um, now, if I was someone that that was having these experiences and I, I happen to come to you and say, hey, um, I'm being tantalized every night. Um, I'm being, you know, I wake up with bruises. What are some things that I could do to try to help myself with that situation like that? It, it, it is a tough one. There is just, there's, there's very limit. And you probably, you know this, there's, right. if you're in the States, you know, you've got the UAP Medical Coalition, you've got, you know, the wonderful work Jay uh, King does. Um, you know, you have support functions in groups. Over here in the UK, we, we have very limited 
um, pathways and groups and support. And um, we're a little bit disjointed on that front. Um, you know, there's a couple of people that are doing really great things um, quietly with experiencer groups here in the UK, which, um, you know, we will begin to talk about more as, as the year progresses. But, you know, it's, it's hard to, we, we need to provide support and a safe space for people to be able to feel comfortable to talk about the things that are happening to them. Um, I, I have a friend who lives a couple of hours away from me in the UK and she she is constantly covered in bruises. She has missing time. Um, you know, she has a, a bit of a tumultuous time. And I can only offer support. I can offer, I'm quite into the, the spiritual and, and consciousness realms and, you know, working with uh, energy protection. And that's something that the Rama um, talk about in their training and their contact modalities is like domes of protection, you know, visualizing yourself um, surrounded by an energetical light signature, what have you. But my, my, my thing is always with people, you know, make sure you're physically safe, make sure you're, you're mentally safe, make sure that you're, you've got people that you can talk to um, through shared experiences becomes possible understanding and maybe acceptance. And there's part of me that really, we can't control this. We can't control them. And I, I, I don't necessarily want to, but you know, if it is getting to, to a point of that it's becoming unmanageable, let that be known. Use your consciousness to let that be known. We're dealing with an advanced race of whatever here or advanced entities, you know, are, are they, you know, monitoring us? Is it an experiment? Are they tending their zoo? You know, are we the animals within their zoo? We don't know these things yet. Right. But I think if we can create open dialogue and safe spaces for experience, that's the first step. I don't think there's a magic wand that can or, you know, a, a rule that can be applied. I think open dialogue and creating safe environments for experiences to connect and talk through their experiences. I think that is the state step one of, of, of supporting any experiences anywhere in the world. So is there any like, uh, for example, some people have said, you know, crystals um, and I've, I've, I've recommended crystals and such and like sage or Palo Santo oil. Like, what are your thoughts on the, those things? Do you, do you, would you recommend that to somebody? Do you think they work? We're getting very woo now. I love it. Um, I am staring <laughs> at some massive rose quartz right now. Um, I think as in my childhood, I was brought up around the power of of new crystals and your environment and the, the the frequency in which you vibrate at um it's an interesting one because in my practices when i'm doing my solo heist meditations you i draw on um, i have a lot of copper i i work with a copper pyramid here at home that i meditate in i have crystals all around my home i have my home um, cleansed on a regular basis by a practicing um, friend of mine who practices a lot of um, quantum witchcrafty wooey stuff. Um, I use these tools in my my outputs, but I appreciate that's not for everyone. But I I um, I use a crystal. I always get its name wrong. I think it's called sh shugite, um, which is like a, it looks like coal. Um, and it, I think it comes from Russia. Okay. And I found when I have 
bought blocks of this sugarite around me and I'm probably saying it wrong so no one shoot me um I find when I have certain types of crystals that I believe have a, a strong vibrational signature to them that my experiences can be increased more yes, yes. um but sage you know sage is certainly for the occult side of the phenomenon which is intrinsically linked with them we only have to look to Alistair Crowley on this sort of stuff and you know what what the being he encountered in his time when he was in Egypt and he was you know as occult as you can get using things like sage or paleon santo to create an intentful environment again is a positive for me because it comes back to that that keyword which I talk about a lot intent so and, and you know what Jesse we're there's so much that we just don't know there's right. so much that we don't see on our own um you know vision and spectrum we you, you know we don't know what ghosts are we don't know what we don't know what these things are, but obviously things are happening on a frequency level through sound and light that we we don't know what they are because we don't have the, the the level of understanding yet. And, you know, maybe using sage in an environment does change the electromagnetic field of where you're at. Who knows? But I do use those tools in my personal practice, but that's a personal thing, I think. Well, I totally agree because I use it as well, working with experiencers for MUFON TRT. Um, I definitely recommend that stuff when it comes out to be benevolent. Um, and I'm yeah. sitting and in front of me, I have a whole row of different crystals that <laughs> so I'm the same way. Um, and I think they do work, uh, especially if you, like you said, the intent. Um, yeah. If you want them to work, if you believe they're going to work, then they will work. Um, same thing with the sage, you know, blessing the house, uh, getting rid of good, bad spirits and the Palo Santo oil for attachments and things like that. Um, I think they do work. And it, like you said, with the good intent, things do work out. I'll tell you a story, a quick anecdote. I purchased a new house a couple of years ago and I re before I'd purchased it, I really wanted this home. It was my home. So when um, the re realtor was showing us around, I was in the front yard and I was digging holes and I planted a grid of crystals because <laughs> this was my home. So fast forward when the sale went through and uh, I moved into the property, I remember going, oh, I've got all of those crystals in the front yard. And I was out digging them up and the neighbor was like, oh, hello, new neighbor. And I was oh like, um, awkward, because <laughs> I'm there pulling these huge rocks out of the floor. And, you know, my neighbors definitely know I'm a little bit different because we celebrate <laughs> the full moons quite quite wildly in this home. But I'll always remember the look on my neighbor's face when I'm like, I've got all of this mud and crystals. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> no, that's a good story. That's a, <laughs> that's a funny one. <laughs> um, so I guess let's get into, I guess, the consciousness aspect of this. And, and, and in, your, in your opinion and, and, and what you think consciousness is for you. Consciousness for me is the gateway to explore the intelligence of all. I know that sounds very Yoda. I've just caught myself <laughs> saying that. But, you know, I try to live my life consciously. I, I try to use the power of, of self in all that I do. And I've had some phenomenal experiences in my life through meditation. Meditation is a huge part of my life. It's a, is as big of a part of my life as drinking water is, breathing, 
there's not a day that goes by that I don't meditate. I can meditate for three to four minutes when I wake up. I can do four to five, seven hours before now in a, in a meditative state. And I believe consciousness, our understanding is, you know, still unknown fully. But I, I believe that we're all connected through our consciousness. I really do believe that the ancients had um, access to an information highway in some respect that, that was through their consciousness. I think we are all connected to the grand ecosystem of everything through through our consciousness. And it kind of, I often look to the ancients, I look to, you know, the, the people who created the stone circles and the, you know, pyramids and, you know, all of these ancient sites across the world. How are they communicating? How are we seeing things in South America that we see in, you know, in Africa that we see in, you know, in China, in, in Russia, Siberia? How are we seeing the same symbology through through groups of people that were so, so far away? And I believe there was a communicative telepathy that was very much linked into human consciousness. Yes. And I think we've lost that. I don't think we have that ability now. I believe we lost it at some point through our human evolution. But I do believe now that, you know, you look at the work that Dr. Gary Nolan's doing, and I always get the name wrong. So, you know, don't, those are the basal ganglia. I just call it the basal spice rack because it's easy for me to remember. <laughs> but, you know, there's, I think there's certainly a degree or slice of people that have a, a higher connection to their consciousness therefore they're connected to this you know wider network that is unseen as part of the grand ecosystem of the universe was that very very woo or was that very woo that was, that was perfect it's like esp extrasensory perception <laughs> so i agree it's with you true. it's true and something that's really caught my attention lately and, and i've tweeted about it and i've had such interesting uh dms and, and messages and emails even calls i'm starting to um full disclosure i've got adhd um i also have um a funny little quirk called synesthesia which every sound in the world translates as a color inside my mind so at any given time even you speaking your voice is actually um like a purplish color to me really? so uh, yeah so I've constantly got, well, it's like what I could imagine someone who was, you know, using hallucinogenics. I've constantly got a colourful, a colour scape happening in my brain. But my point to bring this up, so many people, people that me and you both know and, and you know, we, we engage with on social media, so many people who are either experiences or have the urge and passion and drive to be involved with the phenomenon have a level of neurodivergence and most normal divergent people have really strong intuition like the intuition game is really strong and for me is intuition just a softer version of telepathy and is that telepathy part of that ancient wisdom and knowledge as part of our consciousness that we've forgotten i, I i'm so infused by this that I do believe that there is a real strong link between brains that have this neurodivergence because of their neuroplasticity 
and their connection to the phenomenon. I don't think it's by mistake. I think it's by design. And this really falls into the work of um, Dr. Joseph Burks and a beautiful, beautiful man called uh, Ray Hernandez, Renira Hernandez. Yes. Um, you know Ray, he's great. Yep. Um, and they talk about primes. And a prime is a person who has a natural provocation and or ability to make contact with them. Uh, the, having a prime in your C5 group is a really, you know, it's, it's a way of not guaranteeing because there's no guarantee, but we, we know that these primes have a higher frequency of connection with the others. And I would love, if I was scientific and I had a billion dollars research, I'd be able to do something with it. <laughs> but I think primes and neurodivergence and contact with them all are linked as part of some kind of consciousness, some brain thing. And that to me is just an area that really needs exploration. Yeah, I know. it's like, how do you push that envelope to, to make that happen though? Like, because, you know, science is so against woo in a sense. It's like, wait, how can we make that first step and start doing things like that? You know? I, 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 I get it on, you know, this process is perhaps not working as quickly as those of us involved would like. But, you know, again, I think it's by design. You know, I don't want to get conspiratorial, but, you know, I, I often meditate on this that, you know, why, why aren't we pushing the envelope in these areas? You know, how lucky are we as a community that someone like, you know, Avi Loeb and, and, you know, Dr. Gary Nolan, how these people now are standing up and being counted and saying something about what they're doing. And it takes a lot of courage and, and balls right. for science, people of science to go, hang on, something's, the data's telling us something's here and we need to investigate it. And I, I long for the days when this, this subject and all of its colours isn't still sniggered at or people were all nuts and, you know, all of these hundreds of thousands of people who experience things, you know, we're all, we're all crazy you know, I really long for the day when this is just part and parcel of human's life, of humanity. Yeah, and I mean, it's really about understanding ourselves as a species, too, you know? We fully don't know what our brains are capable of or, or different frequencies and how to activate them and see them and all of that. So you would think that they would want to, but it's like as if the government doesn't want it to happen or there's some kind of pushback blocking it, you know? And, I agree. And, and, and I think there's, you know, there's certainly an element of, you know, these secret keepers who have religious views that have been, and I don't know, this is a personal opinion, that have shut a lot down because of their personal views and they've not wanted their worldview to shift um, and, and their belief structure and paradigm to change. And it's the greatest disservice to humanity that, in my opinion, not has ever happened because we've had terrible things like genocide and stuff, but the fact that the, the secret keepers um, are holding back disclosure and not willing to allow progression in, in the speed in which we need it to happen is an absolute travesty to me. And it's criminal in some way. And, you know, it, it gives me pause for thought that, you know, is there a, a pre-programmed design about disclosure? You know, have we been being acclimatized for 75 years 
because the secret is so wild and, and, and life-changing and worldview-altering. But it just, I get really on my high horse about this subject because, you know, unless we get research, unless we get, you know, the, the right people looking at the right things and not being held back, how will we all fully understand what we're, we're dealing with? Will we? All right. It's, it's crazy. But I kind of think that that's why it's important that we start educating the younger generations as they're coming up. Because for me, I didn't know there was a UFO community until very late in my life. I was into the subject, but I had no idea there was a UFO Twitter or a UFO community on Facebook. And it mm -hmm. wasn't just because I didn't look, you know what I mean? So I think if, if we really start doing that, then the people coming up that will take over those positions, we might start seeing it turn a little bit into our favor. Absolutely. And I, I have a small child. He's um, preteen. And, you know, he, he loves watching, you know, he loves watching the, well, he loves watching anything on YouTube. <laughs> you know, he loves the whole ancient alien things. And last year, is it Giorgio? You know the guy from Ancient Aliens yeah. with the crazy Giorgio Sucolos. Yeah, what a guy. I was at an event with him and I was chit-chatting and um, I said, you know, my son is such a huge fan. And he was like, hey, let's FaceTime him. So um, he FaceTimed my kid. Wow. And it was like Santa Claus had come. Um, you know, my, my kid's into it. And we've had conversations about it, but he, he said something very profound to me not long ago. He said, mom, you, you know that they, they switch off the nukes. Is that because they want to keep humans safe? Wow. I, you know what, son? I think, I think we're dealing with different types. And I think that humans were very primitive. And you wouldn't let children play with matches, would you? Because it was very dangerous. And maybe the others see us, you know, are creating war, famine, poverty right this yeah. is all of these terrible human afflictions and think you know we've got to help that you know we've got to not interject or help but i, I do think that there's a case of, oh goodness the kids are playing with matches right. let's switch some of these things off and I, I spoke about that with my boy and he said are they here to help i said i think i think in some way i think they are part of our evolution as a species um, but I think there's, you know, I think there's 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 different factions of them. But it, 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 for me, again, what you've just said, it, it is important to nurture the next generation and to take the stigma away. Yep. And hopefully with the work that you do, you know, the dialogue that I create, you know, we create environments in which it's OK to talk about it. It's OK to explore it. It's OK to ask questions right. and it's OK to be an experiencer. Yep, it's all about working together, you know, absolutely. Okay. Um, so we got about a minute left. Um, do you want to tell everybody where they can follow you at and uh, get involved with what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. So my main platform is Twitter. Um, I host a whole plethora of, of, of shows, uh, spaces on Twitter at the moment. You can follow me. Um, my handle is at that UAP girl. So yeah, head over and drop me a follow. I love conversing with people. I'm always open for dialogue. Um, this, um, I'm up to a couple of other projects. I'm part of Team Nano, um, a, a, an app that's going to be released globally very soon, which enables people to tell their stories and investigate the unknown and the wider phenomenon. So that's coming soon. But uh, all details will be on my um, Twitter feed. 
Um, and we've got a show this weekend with the Monroe Institute, Exploring Human Consciousness, live on Twitter. So certainly check me out. Keep them busy. Keep them busy. <laughs> um, absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming on today and sharing all this information. I definitely learned some new things that I had no idea about. And I'm sure the audience did as well. So uh, thank you very much and for kicking this off as well for women in the field. Jesse, thank you so much for having me. And I must say to you, thank you for all the work that you're doing. Thank you for pushing the envelope. And thanks for being a great, a great voice in this community and keep doing what you're doing. And we'll speak again soon, I hope. Thank you so much. That means a lot. You have no idea what that means to me. Um, well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode, 82. Go check out our sponsors. And also, um, Holly's bio is in the description of the episode below. I'll, I'll add your Twitter handle in there so people can find you directly so it's nice and easy. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And until next time, remember to keep your eyes in the sky. Well, what an episode to kick off our April celebration of Women in the Field with our special guest, Hollywood. Uh, it was very eye-opening learning about Heist and the different crop circles she's been with, the sightings, and her just involvement in the community overall is just amazing. So I really want to thank Hollywood for coming on today. Um, absolutely amazing information. We definitely will have you on again. Um, next week, we continue our celebration of Women in the Field with Melinda Leslie. Many people know her. Um, she's had an experience that she's told me already that is absolutely mind-blowing um, so i'm sure we'll get into that next week as well so um, also don't forget to check out our sponsor KP expressive events um, if you're in the philadelphia delaware and new jersey tri-state areas um, they do amazing amazing conferences um, events they, they do it all for you and make the entire process extremely easy um, also don't forget about the philadelphia um the yeah, first annual Philadelphia UFO Exposure Con on May 20th. Um, you got to get your tickets hopefully by April 20th. Um, and uh, it's going to be an amazing time. Seven speakers, dinners included, um, refreshments all day, book signings, uh, you name it, it's going to be there. Again, that's May 20th. All that information is in the episode description below. Also, uh, KMP's information is on there as well. Um, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in to episode 82 today. Uh, we'll be back with another amazing episode next week. And until next time, remember to keep your eyes in the sky. Thank you.